A sharp crack sounded in the summer air, and shards of brick from the top of the wall suddenly stung my face. Good Lord, Grenville said. Brandon and I were already on the ground. I reached up, grabbed Grenville's coattails, and dragged him down to the mud. Brandon sat up, his back flat to the wall. Where did the shot come from? he whispered. The house or the woods? Devil if I know, I murmured back. Too quick. The house, I think, Grenville said. We looked at him. The direction of the gouge, the bullet made in the wall, he explained. Another crack, and another pistol ball winged off the wall and whizzed over our heads. Definitely from the house, Brandon said. My coachman and Bartholomew are still in front, Grenville said. They could sneak into the house while he's firing at us. And be shot for their pains, I said sharply. Both of them are in there. Laughter sounded over our heads from the open casement windows that overlooked the garden. Do we lie here the rest of the day? Grenville asked. His usually pristine cravat was caked with black mud. Or try to get in there and disarm them. If there are two of them, Brandon said, both shooting, or one reloads while the other fires, we could be here a long time. At least until dark, I said. I leveraged myself up to sit next to him, keeping my head well below the lip of the wall. Kenneth Spencer's outstretched hand nearly touched my boot. We can slip away then. They won't be able to see well enough to aim. Granville gave me a sour look. They could always hit us by chance. Or, Brandon looked at me. You remember the ridge, near Rolica? I knew what he was thinking. Eight years ago, at the beginning of the Peninsula campaign, he and I had been trapped together on a path we'd been reconnoitering. Our horses had been frightened away, and we were cut off from our troop by a gunman who kept us pinned in a small niche in the rocks. We had lain there together, tense, and certain we would not live the day, while bullet after bullet struck the rocks inches from where we huddled. Shards of rock had stung my face, Brandon's cheeks had run with blood. We had escaped by sheer daring and not a little foolhardiness. I knew what he had in mind. It would still be foolhardy. Swift footsteps sounded on the brick path. Sir, you all right? I sat up in alarm. It was Bartholomew, running to see if his master needed assistance. Go back! Grenville shouted. We heard the explosion of the pistol, heard Bartholomew cry out, heard the sickening crash of his large body falling to the path. Damn it! Grenville sprang from his hiding place, his face and suit black with mould. He took three steps towards his fallen footman before another shot sent him scrambling back to the safety of the wall. I risked a look. Bartholomew lolled on the dusty bricks between us and the house. He held his shoulder with his large hand, his glove crimson with blood. Grenville cursed in fury. Brandon glanced at me. We will have to risk it, he said in a low voice. If the lad is hit again— It was a stupid idea the first time, I said, and I cannot run as fast as I used to. Neither can I, he shot back. What idea? Grenville asked us, breathlessly. He can only shoot one of us, Brandon said. If we go in three different directions at once, we may get away. He cannot watch all sides. I was perfectly certain that he could. When Brandon and I had agreed on that ridge to split and run so that one of us at least would have a chance, we had each been willing to sacrifice our life so that the other could live. The ruse had succeeded and we'd both survived, but Brandon had missed being shot in the head by a fraction of an inch. He was asking for that same kind of sacrifice now. I saw in his light blue eyes that he was willing to take the chance that the gunman would hit him. 
It does not matter what happens to me, his expression seemed to say, as long as we get the bastard.'